What's going on, good people? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. It's me, the DRE, Chef Day Cuisine, coming at you with the recipe menu Monday on Intentional Talk Radio. Be sure to listen to all the great podcasters of this station, including mine, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, or you can chime in right now at itrnradio.com. Uh, in addition to that, we also have a call-in telephone number. Excuse me. It's text only. 682-710-1101. That's 682-710-1101. So if you're listening to this live, you can text and ask questions. If you're listening to this as a recording, you still can text and ask questions. And we'll definitely be bringing it up on the next show. So I am excited once again to be here with you wonderful people today. You know my motto Health and wealth is the future of my people. And who are my people? You listening to the sound of my voice right now. So in speaking of that, the people that are listening to my voice right now, I want to briefly um, ask you to check out uh, a company called by the name of Wynn. Um, Window International Network. It's a nonprofit organization. We just had an incredible, incredible telethon um, this past Saturday, November 5th, uh, raising money to send, you know, Dr. Dr. P to South Sudan to teach, um, to uh, give supplies to teachers and also to help educate and feed, you know, almost a thousand youth. Uh, with roughly about $66,000 to do the entire program to change the lives. If you don't know much about South Sudan, you know, it's, it's the newest and the youngest country. Uh, it actually finally got its freedom. And so in that, there's like 73% of the people there are illiterate. They don't know how to read. Um, and their first language has now become English. So a lot of them only know the rhetoric or the dialect that they had growing up. Now they have to learn English, but they don't know how to read and write. So if you, you know, if, if if God moves you on your heart during your prayer time to skip one meal or, you know, drop a $10,000 donation, totally up to you. We, we, you know, we think big. We live in Texas, right? We would love for you to still donate to that wonderful, wonderful organization. Um, they're going to the Sudan December 2nd of this year. So we're talking in less than a couple of weeks, and we were fortunate enough to raise, I want to say, close to $2,500 uh, from from the previous, from the uh, telethon on Saturday. We probably got more than that, but those are the last numbers, you know, that I got. So considering that, um, if you need more information, you can go to itrnnetworkradio.com. Um, um, and, and find it there. And then also when, which for some reason, the email address, I mean, the uh, website address is escaping me, but that's okay. I'm going to find it and you're going to hear it again in this show. Stay tuned. But it's the Window International Network, nonprofit organization that's partnered with ITRN um, for it. And the uh, the website is win1040.org. That's www.win1040.org. You know, there's still time to donate. You know, it's a nonprofit organization. So, you know, you you have up until they get to the Sudan because they're still going to go to the Sudan and take care of these people. You can donate after the Sudan so we can do this again next year. And, um, you know, hopefully myself and 
and and and uh, a few other people who have an opportunity to go to the Sudan too. I'd love to teach them how to, you know, some 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 different cuisine, and then learn what kind of cultural cuisines is there as well. You know, I'm a chef, guys, so you know we, we love to travel and learn and learn new cuisines. So, with that being said, I also want to uh, let you guys know that next week. And just to be clear, South Sudan, okay? Because there is a difference between the North Sudan and the South Sudan. When you just say Sudan, you're talking about the North. So I'm specifically talking about South Sudan, all right? You know uh, you know how here in the United States is always about East versus West, you know, West Coast. And then the third coast is the Dirty South, right? You know, the North is the Sudan. South Sudan is South Sudan. So you'll be making this donation to help them in the South Sudan. So as I continue on, um, yes, next week, I have an incredible, incredible special guest that is coming up. Um, she is a, a, a friend of mine. We're also partners in um, Extreme Execution. If anybody knows who Extreme Execution is, that's uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, ET the Hip Hop Preacher. That's his uh, coaching group and platform where myself, Moose, Nikki, and about 100 other coaches uh, from across the nation, you know, we come together and, uh, you know, we help each other build our programs. We help each other build our, you know, our social media presence. Uh, That's what Nikki does. You know, Moose gives us the educational side on how to, you know, coach people to become the best version of themselves. And so I'm excited to have Coach Dana Spencer was going to be coming up. And I found out something new. As long as me and Coach Dana has been talking, um, I did not realize that she is from my hometown, born and raised in my hometown, and lives in Louisville, Kentucky. And so I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Had I known, me and her would have chopped it up, maybe had lunch, talked some real estate. But Dana is, you know, is a, is a huge advocate for single moms, um, single moms uh, achieving having their, buying their first home. Uh, she believes, you know, of course, everybody knows that real estate is is a high commodity. and Real estate is one of the most wealthiest ways to still get rich in this country and maintain that wealth. And so, you know, Dr. Dana, she's got a passion for real estate. Um, I think she, t- she told me her story was, you know, her grandfather always owned property. You know, he'd buy a house for the family and then he'd build another house on that property. So just think about the expansive thought that was put into it of, you know, buying land, buying a house on the land building another house on that land, and then you're building that generational wealth. And, you know, that's what we talk about a lot here. You know, uh, have a generational wealth and health that transcends through the gym, you know, transcends through the entire family, you know, from the kids to the grandkids, so on and so forth. And it's not just, you know, wealth as far as monetary. You know, we have a lot of health issues we don't deal with. But Coach Dana, she deals with the real estate market, and uh, she has an incredible story. She's going to come on. Um, next week on November 14th and just bless us with all her wisdom and knowledge and background in, in, in helping, you know, um, single mothers, you know, achieve that home ownership and anybody really, um, to achieve that home ownership and, or purchasing real estate, whether it be home or commercial, you know, um, she, she has, she has a book out that we'll talk about next week talking about, you know, a uh, single mom's guide to financial freedom. I believe it's called. And uh, yeah, so we're going to have, you know, Coach Dana, we're going to end the year strong. I, I, I've got about three or four guests 
we're going to have for this last quarter of the year, uh, highlights yet some of the coaches that have blessed me with their knowledge. Highlight some of the coaches that, you know, are doing big things, um, you know, coming after her. We're going to have Coach Ash. She's, she's out in LA and she's got a powerful story about how well she's built her cannabis business and uh, the food that she does, you know, in coaching as well. So, and then we're going to have Justin, we're going to have Coach Reggie coming on. So we've got some, some, some powerful people from different parts of the nation that's going to come bless this health and wealth show. And we're going to have plenty to talk about during those shows. All right. So cool. So today we're going to talk about, again, we're going to kind of stay on the mental, mental health thing. I know the last couple of weeks we've been talking about our relationship to nature. Um, you know, last week I talked about, you know, um, being being equipped with the right firearm, you know, having your gun, you know, you got your universe and your nature, right? And it's important that you're always equipped with that because, you know, it's not just in what you say or a physical weapon, you know, the, the, the what they say, the pen is mightier than the sword, right? You know, what you, what you got in your mind and you're able to write down, you can manifest in the words that you speak, right? And so I want to talk a, a little bit about some of the rhetoric and things that's going around. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan and I usually don't talk much about sports on this platform, but I've got to address in, in Keon and Colette, if you've heard anything about this story, I definitely want you guys to chime in. No, it's not Kanye this time. Right. So if you haven't heard uh, uh, recently, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets has been very vocal in his stance on him and his heritage being black in America. And he said something powerful the other day um, when I was when I was watching some of the clip, because if you don't know, he, he is wealthy by by what we consider monetary standards, but he still has a job per se because he works for the Brooklyn Nets, right? Um, he has endorsements with Nike and other different companies. So by by some means of it, he is he's an employee, just a high paid employee. And of course, everybody knows the hierarchy of anything in corporate America. There's so many things that you can say and you can't say and things of that nature. And so Kyrie Irvin has been asked to let me let me let me pull this up so I don't get this wrong. Kyrie Irvin was asked to apologize for his comments uh, <laughs> that he made. And of course he refused. Um, they also asked him to make a half a million dollar, half a million dollar, half a million dollar donation to organizations for anti-Semitic comments and um and, 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 and a lot more stuff. He was suspended five games, all kind of stuff. And so it started off with this. He, he, Kyrie Irvin, um, posted a link on his personal social media page. Okay. That says Hebrews to Negroes, wake up black America. This was about a week ago. So a week later asked if he was sorry for the hurt or, or that his post had caused people. He said, I take my responsibility for posting that. Some things are were questionable in there, untrue. Like I said, 
And the first time when you guys were asking me, when I was sitting on that stage, I don't believe everything that everybody posts. It's a documentary. So I take my responsibility. Now, all he did was post this documentary and post it for people to watch. It'd be no different than somebody posting Dahmer and, you know, and telling them to go watch, you know, let's watch the serial killer that was eating black men, right? Um, He posted this documentary and they felt that is he was being anti-Semitic to other races that weren't black and specifically to the Jews, right? And I know he didn't mean to cause any harm, right? Because that's something that I would do. I don't post things to cause harm. I post things to bring enlightenment, right? And if I just happen to piss on somebody's parade, then I'm going to tell them to get an umbrella and get too sensitive. That's just me personally, right? If the rain is going to fall on the just and unjust alike, then you've got to, you know, you've got to have some t- tough skin and get a raincoat and, 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 and quit with being so sensitive. So Kyrie further goes on to say, I didn't mean to cause any harm. I'm not the one that made the documentary. He said, again, I'm going to repeat, I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys asked me the same questions over and over again. They asked him directly if he has any anti-Semitic beliefs. And he said, you keep asking me the same thing over and over again, but this is not going to turn into a spin around cycle question upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. So if you know anything about sports or you know anything about, you know, Kyrie Irving, he's been, you know, he's, he's, he's been vocal about this, you know, um, especially during, during uh, all the Black Lives Matter, all the games that he missed playing, you know, basketball because of, you know, his stance on how, you know, black people are being treated, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't, and I'm probably gonna catch some black backlash from my 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 uh lighter hue people. I don't see anything wrong with what he did. All he did was post a documentary and took his stance on how he enjoys being black, that he enjoys his heritage, that he enjoys what he comes from. You know, he, he said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He said the very same thing. He feels the same way. He should not be condemned for what he said. No, he shouldn't. There, 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 there shouldn't be a, a, a condemnation for it because he didn't say, I hate Jews. I hate white people. You know, I think that they're the devil. You know, he didn't make any comments that would harm or hurt anyone's feelings. Except for, you know, you know, the, the title of it is, you know, black to Hebrew or Hebrew to black, excuse me, Hebrew to Negroes. Right. And so, of course, the Jewish people are like, well, you know, Negroes, you know, aren't, you know, Hebrew. But I mean, Sammy David Jr. was a black Jew. So there's at least one. I know there's more than just him. If you think about the 12 tribes there of Israel coming from. There's thousands yeah. of black Jews. There's I mean, of black Jews. Okay. Yes. OK. So I mean, you, you got to think about. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Colette. I want to know what the fight is. When you think about what Jewish people went with, how they were dealt, when you think about black people, what's the the difference? We're the same people. 
think about what God did first. God put a man on the earth and the first man on the planet was a black man. Okay, what's a black man? It's undisputed. It's in books. It's written. It's in black and white. So, you know what? We're having these beefs unnecessarily, unnecessarily. And it doesn't cause for educating people. It doesn't cause for enlightenment. It calls for more friction. That's all it does. It calls Mm -hmm. for more friction. That's what it causes, unfortunately. And all he did was post. All he did was. All he did was post a tweet with a link to what they consider to be an anti-Semitic film. So I guess if 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 a white man tweets roots, I guess he's being anti-Semitic because he's not being sensitive to the black people's plight. Or if 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 a white man tweets a version of roots from the masses version. You understand what I'm saying? So is he being anti-Semitic or is he just representing who he is? How would people take it? If you okay, put well, out look a, at it a like white, this. if you put out a white roots where it comes from the, the view of the slave master, I don't think it's anti-Semitic. It's part of his culture. Is it, a, is it messed up? Is it, is it messed up the way it happened and the way slavery came down? Yes. But I wouldn't think he was being anti-Semitic. I think he was still think he was in control. But I wouldn't necessarily think that he's trying to put somebody else down because he's standing up, you know, for what his heritage is, right or wrong. Now, there's a whole other thing we can talk about from a spiritual ramification. And then, you know, the way that how could you feel like you own people? But just like Kyrie, I don't think it was I don't think it warrant a suspension indefinitely without pay. Because he tweeted a video and he refused to apologize, but he works for a corporate entity. And the corporate entity, I mean, it's still, it's it's probably somewhere in the fine print that he can't do that as an employee of the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that's terrible because it's it's one of those, all right, you say he's being anti-Semitic, but on the other end, there's a certain thing called, you know, free speech in this country. And all he did was tweet a link to a video. There was nothing that was said per se by him until afterwards when asked to apologize. And he said, no, I'm not going to apologize. For what? So just think about the mental health that our country is dealing with that's, that, that someone can't even tweet a video for your choice to view or not and not be called out for it because he's on a grand stage, right? If I would have did it, I might've caught a little bit of backlash, but you know, I work for myself. So the only person that would have suspended me would be me and it'd probably be a vacation in Tahiti, right? That would be my suspension for <laughs> posting a tweet about an anti-Semitic film. And but, remember, you know, re- remember, excuse me, Andre, remember- yeah, go ahead. There is this thing called freedom of speech, but that does not go for everybody. That goes for a select few. So remember that. And remember, we're talking about changing the narrative because our narrative, the narrative for the black community has always been controlled by others. That's why Bill Cosby went to prison because he was trying to buy a media company, which would have given black folks control of the narrative. 
that can't happen. So you have to think about the source of all of this. And it comes from the narrative and the media. They control the media. They control what you say, what you can, what you shouldn't, what you couldn't say. They control it all. So we need to get it through our heads that we are not in control. And Kanye West, yay, whatever his name is. And, and Kyrie, me, whatever, yeezy. Yeezy, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know what? He's not in control and they have proved it. They're not even going to let him buy parlor. He's trying to buy parlor. That ain't going to happen. Wake they, they up, folks. Wake up, folks. Okay? Come on. Goodwill Just come on. Not goodwill won't take them. Wow. Wow. You know, that's why I said I'm okay, not even going to get them. They know how to get us. They know yeah, how said, to get I'm us. Not even go, I'm not even going to get, you know, on on Kanye because, you know, I, I, I still, still say he's not crazy. I think he's just truly exemplifying how to be an individual that's controlled. But I, I don't think he's crazy. I think what he's doing has some kind of systematic end to explode, expose or exploit something. You know, I, I think he's getting a little bit more in touch with, you know, who he is, you know, spiritually, his thought process. Because, I mean, he went from... George Bush don't like white people to make America great again with Donald Trump back to, I don't deal, you know, with, with crazy white people. And now he's wearing shirts that say, you know, white lives matter. I don't think he's crazy. It's some kind of systematic form that he has put together that we're going to see probably like five, 10 years from now. That's going to like expose everything. You know, I think Kanye now I was talking about Kyrie, but I think Kanye is crafting this so he can get in places that most black people don't get in so that he can actually infiltrate. I personally think it would be a great secret ops mission if this were true. I don't know it to be true. Again, this is only my uh, 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 opinion, but just think about how much hatred he's getting from everybody, but the places he gets to get in and have these conversations um, you know, with different people, especially, you know, with the Donald Trump talking about MAGA, he's got White Lives Matter. You know how many people are paying attention to that and probably paid him and Candace Owens. I've said this plenty of times. Somebody probably pays Candace Owens a million dollars to say what she says and do what she does. And um, all she is is being a paid actor while everybody else is looking at it from the outside. Oh, my God, she's against black people. Oh, my God, she's the worst, you know. You know, she's, 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 she's a housewoman, you know, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And me personally, I think she's a paid actress. I, you know, I could be a hundred percent off base, but me personally, I just don't see the genuineness in what she's doing. She looked like she's acting a part as if she was in a, you know, um, in a movie, right? And they pay her a lot of bucks to cause this kind of division to make people not pay attention to the real things or the, the, Things that the government tries to hide, right? Um, it, it's 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 interesting. That's just my theory on Kanye and and Candace Owens, because you know all the other theories are just as far fetched. So I was like, you know what? What if it's a conspiracy that they're really getting on the inside, gathering all the intelligence, but they're being paid to say what they need to say, and then boom, one day they're just going to come out and expose everything. But again, that's just me. Back to Kyrie. 
I don't think Kyrie, what, what Kyrie did was wrong. I don't think he needed to apologize. I don't think he should be forced to donate half a million dollars to certain organizations. To me, it felt like they're pushing it on him. If he is a uh, um, a an employee of, of of a company with disciplinary actions, you know, if you're going to suspend him with no pay, then why is there more recourse for it, right? If he didn't say anything. He just put this up with the link and you suspended him indefinitely. Why is that, that that there has to be a monetary donation to the so-called people that he was being anti-Semitic to, right? Because they're trying to treat him like a pawn to try to shut him up. And uh, unfortunately, they picked the wrong N-word. I was going to say it just like that. You know, Kyrie Irving is, is to that point in his life where I, th- this money is not as important as y'all think it is to me. And it's more important for me to get out what I want to say. Right. That's just, you know, and I respect him for that. I respect him for that. And then I got LeBron James over here who, you know, I personally for a lot of years have always respected and enjoyed it. And, you know, LeBron James said that Kyrie Irving, you know, calls, some harm to a lot of people uh, by promoting this, this documentary. He said, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, how tall you are, what position you're in. Um, if you're promoting, soliciting, or saying harmful things to any community that harms people, then I don't respect it. I don't condone it. And uh, LeBron, I hope someone in your camp hears this show and tell you, I respected you for a lot of years. I, I've been a fan for a lot of years, not a fan of your teams, but of, of, of you you know, from, you know, coming from Ohio in that Ohio Valley, you know, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, Kentucky and Ohio, we got a rivalry like we do with Indiana. Um, I respect the fact of your, you know, your upbringing, what you've done, you created these schools, staying with your high school sweetheart, you know, breaking all the stereotypes and molds that are out there. But I'm going to say this with a hundred percent assurity. I don't agree with you. And I can't believe that you would I can't believe it. I don't see how you would say that he's soliciting, promoting, or saying harmful things to any community that harms people. And you don't respect it and you don't condone it. And I'm sure because they call you the, you know, the poster child of everything, you probably said some things or does some things, you know, maybe in private, maybe to your family, to your kids that, you know, people may not respect or condone, right? But, you know, for you to be the kind of figure you are and have the following that you have, if anything, you should support the fact that that man, you know, is 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 unafraid to stand for what he stands for, right? Like for me, I've only met like two people that actually worship the devil in my lifetime, right? And um, everybody knows, everybody knows my faith. And in meeting those people, even though I couldn't understand why they would, you know, go after a fallen god, right? As 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 their leader. I respect the fact that they didn't waver in their belief. They didn't waver in their strength in what they believe. They kept their faith despite what everybody tells them, including myself, that they're wrong. Right? If anything, um, and I'm, I'm I'm just kind of speaking here. Don't you know if if what's the old saying? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, Kyrie didn't say anything. He said a whole lot in silence by posting a tweet. And then we've got other people that, that see this 
you know, LeBron, I'm put a challenge out there. Have you even seen the documentary to even know that it's anti-Semitic? That he was really, you know, downing another group of people. And even though it 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 may have harmed a lot of people, but what about the people that it helped? See, we we we've been so controlled by the media to look at the negative, right? So controlled. Oh, Kyrie said this. Oh, Kyrie said that. And it's so bad that he talked about another group of people. Man, black people get talked about all the time. You know, all the time. You know, and and you know, we catch that that hell all the time. We're savages, right? You know, we we come from a slave background. We don't understand money. We can't work together. You know, black people are bad business owners. They don't do this. They don't do that. They're always late. Oh my God. That has been like the running joke for my entire life that black people are never on time. That's considered to be anti-Semitic in my opinion, especially if a white guy says, oh, there's a black guy who's late all the time. Oh my God. Right. Should I charge him up for that? Or should I just embrace the fact that it was true that I was late? I mean, this society, we've gotten so sensitive, you know? I mean, I remember in the eighties growing up, you know, in, in the black community, we really didn't have to talk about mental health because we figured out how to deal with it, you know, to the level of, 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 not only coping, but coming out of and becoming overcomers. And it wasn't just with drugs and alcohol and things of that nature. It's probably why many black people don't go to the doctor because we figured out how to do it in our own homes, you know, but, you know, fast forward to now, it's like, they think there's something mentally wrong with Kyrie. I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with that man. He's taking a stand. No different than Muhammad Ali. Everybody thought Muhammad Ali had a mental issue when uh, he said, I'm not going to fight no Vietcons because they are not the ones that's calling me a nigga. You, what did he say? You my opposer right here in my own country. And you want me to go fight for you who don't even give me my freedom here. You still call me three-fifths of a man, two-thirds of a man, one-fourth of a man, half a man. Yet has it been changed that black people are more than that, except from what you see on a daily basis. Still considered to be that way, right? So Kyrie, I'm going to applaud you for being brave enough to stand on your own too for sharing that video, knowing you were going to catch backlash, right? But not folding to that backlash like, I'm not apologizing for that. You know, I'm sorry to my team if it's a if 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 it's caused you a problem, you know. Oh, you got to suspend me without pay. I mean, okay, I'm still not apologizing. I don't think what I did was wrong, you know. And uh, man, it, it, it's crazy. Counter those black dudes could just just this coming in through the chat. Those black dudes yeah. could just keep their mouth shut about no, Kyrie. Right. Right. Just, just shut, yeah, exactly. yep. shut up and dribble. Yeah, shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. And and Charles Barkley was right, although I have been saying it for decades. Black kids who are in school, who are prodded and prompted and promoted to go into sports, all they want you to do is run that ball boy. Don't open your mouth. Don't say a word. Don't think. Only do what I tell you to do. Don't do another thing. Dribble that ball. Run that ball. Make an ass out of yourself 
that is it. And there are millions of black folks that will say that it's a way out of the ghetto. It's a way out. No, it's a way for somebody to control you. That's all it is. It's a way for somebody to exploit you. That's why I don't like sports. And it's crazy that we've got in the Constitution freedom of speech. On one hand, you can say whatever you want to say. On the other hand, you can't. On one hand, you can't say what you want to say because you're going to be penalized for it. So we've got a constitution that doesn't work for us. It does not work for us. It wasn't written to work for us. And the sooner we believe that, the sooner the black community understands that, the better off we are going to be. We need to find a way to control our narrative and stop allowing them to control it for us and stop waiting for them to control it for us. I yield the rest of my time. <laughs> Not I yield the rest of my time. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that, uh, you know, Colette, because it it the Constitution, if you really took some time to read it, it was designed for the people of the United States with the ability of the people in charge to make continuous amendments to accommodate all people of the United States. Were the forefathers racist? Probably. Did they have slaves? We know they did. But they had their clause in the Constitution that amendments and changes can be made constantly to help all people of the United States. What has happened is people in power kept the laws the way that they wanted them to because they know also in the Constitution that the people really don't decide what goes in the Constitution. So it's a catch-22. It's kind of like the voting bill for women and minorities to be able to vote. The people on Capitol Hill can make it permanent where we don't have to keep coming back and voting, or they, I'm going to say we, I'm going to say they can vote whether we still have the right to vote in this country or not. There's amendments in the Constitution that say that we can change that in the Constitution because I consider it to be a living document, not a spaced space to take up document. It's a living document that continues to grow and expand because we see all of the changes. I mean, I know the Constitution is that way because, you know, they keep changing the bills and laws, you know, when it comes to the LGBTQ community, right? So if we can incorporate that for people's sexual preference or a person's choice of gender or their choice of spouse, adding them to the ability to, to give health care to their, you know, same-sex spouse, allowing same-sex marriages, which in, 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 the, in the past in the Constitution, it was marriage between one man and one woman because this country allegedly was built on Christian principles, okay? So if that is true with growing, what Kyrie did was his United States citizen right and anybody that tell them to just shut up and dribble, they just shut up and dribble. And unfortunately, they're probably going to have one of those kind of 
existences that they think they're going to change things because they have a lot of money and they, you know, build schools or donate to charities or get some kids in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in the hood that's in poverty, the ability to eat or the ability to have clothes or, you know, uh, a shack did something great for a kid that couldn't, and mom couldn't afford. He wore like a size 21 shoe. So Shaq bought him a whole closet of 21 shoes because Shaq's foot is like 24, some nonsense, you know, but I, I, you know, I think that is good, but what's going to be left? What mark are you going to make for the rest of the generations besides just having that financial, you know, uh, lineage, right? And Kyrie is taking that stand. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie's salary is, um, what does he make? I think he makes like, like $30 million a year. And they think that shutting him down, suspending him without pay is something that's really going to deter him from doing that. I mean, the guy signed a contract for a four-year contract for $136 million with the Brooklyn Nets. $136 million, averaging $34 million a year in four years. I mean, if he play, if he do his money right, I mean, he can retire now and still be rich by the time he's 70. That's why he's not backing down. He's tired of being controlled. And anybody, anybody that would take a indefinite suspension without pay is somebody that truly believes in what he stands on. He's got five game suspension. He makes 36,503,000. But the point is. Oh, no, the they changed it to an indefinite yeah. um, suspension, by the way. It was oh, a five day suspension. suspension. Oh, yeah, they turned it to okay. an indefinite suspension without pay. That's the newest update. Okay, well, look at it like this in a broad sense. Every time somebody black says something that they don't like, they take their money away. Every single time. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Look at uh-huh. Kanye West. They took all that money away, dropped him down. He's no longer a billionaire. Dropped him down to $500 million. He's got, They're going to keep dropping him down till he's penniless. That's okay, that's doing. what they will do to us. And we still don't learn. We still do not learn. We still go after that white man. Can you do this for me? Help me get this. I want to do this with you. Just like Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos are buying one of the, I think it's a football team. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're Re- really? About buying the commanders. Wake, yeah. The commanders wake up and then, and then Byron Allen is buying the Phoenix Suns. And the, when I told somebody that the first thing they said was in Arizona, Arizona don't like no black folks. Okay. Go water country. Come on. Really? I mean, you got hey, they don't celebrate Martin Luther King Day in Arizona. So I, I, exactly. I, I get somebody sure. saying that, that they don't like black people in Arizona. I get it. But what a perfect place to put your, plant your flag by a team right there. <laughs> oh, you don't like black people? You still gonna cheer for the Phoenix Suns? Watch. I'm excited to see stuff like that. But, I'm excited uh, too, but what does it mean for us? I'm excited to see it too. I'm happy for the brother. What does it mean for us? The one thing that I that I would say, and this is speaking from this is speaking from a business standpoint, 
it's one of those things that we in the Christian faith, you know, love, faith, and hope. It gives hope that there could be something better and there could be change. When you start having black people that own teams, not a minority owner like Jay-Z was with the Nets, right? We're talking about, because that was still good too. I mean, he made a, you know, he made, I think, $100 million off the, you know, the Nets when he sold his shares back to the Brooklyn Nets, right? But a majority owner that owns anything that's, you know, in the professional league, for me, I always look at the generation that looks up to the elders and they look up and they see nothing but people that aren't black that own professional sport teams, professional, professional sport teams, like the NBA, the NFL, um, NASCAR, MLB, et cetera, et cetera. I can't find out something like, you know, Byron Allen owning the Phoenix Suns. I mean, there'll be more Phoenix fans at a young age, no matter where they live, just for the fact that there's a black man that actually owns the majority of the team, not just a piece. And it gives hope. I don't know if it'll be great, you know, down the line. Hopefully he'll recruit the right people or they'll recruit the right people so the Phoenix Suns could win to really make it a storied program. Because, you know, even though most of the, the, the people in the, you know, in major sports, like you said, especially black, you know, they, they, they want to be able to control you. And that's why they push it so much to sports because my personal opinion, you know, they still see us as superior athletically. This is one of the reasons why, you know, they enjoyed us as slaves. We developed faster. We run faster. We were, you know, we were bigger. We were stronger. We were everything else. The only thing we didn't have was the mindset. And that's how they controlled us into slavery because no matter how big they were, you can control the mind. It's kind of like elephants being afraid of mice. Isn't it interesting? We can do that in athletics. We're superior in athletics. And they talk about that, but we're not superior intellectually. We're not superior academic. In the we academic are. world, we, we are. are. We absolutely we are. are. But don't, isn't it interesting how we're kept out of those they areas? Okay. Isn't that interesting? We're kept out of those areas, but we excel only in sports. Give me a no, great. We, we, we excel in a lot of, we excel in a lot of different places, you know, but I always think, you know, my, my, my example, I always tell people, I was like, you know, look how long it took. For us to have a billionaire in the tech industry, considering that most of the previous tech, you know, like the GPS system and satellites were created by, you know, black people that were employees of larger companies, of course, that could control them as scientists. You know, Robert Smith is, you know, worth, he was, last I checked, it was 11 billion. I think he's up to maybe like 17 or 18 now in the tech world, right? That's another person that gives hope that you don't have to, play in the NFL, NBA, go to the Major League Baseball, any of that, <coughs> to become successful. You can do it in your own lane, despite, I don't know what kind of hangups he probably dealt with, because he's a black man here in the United States. Uh, it probably would took somebody doing the same thing in the tech world to that was fair-skinned or counterpart 
it would have took them nowhere near as much time as it took Robert Smith to become a billionaire. No more near as much time as it took for Oprah to become a billionaire, right? Just because of the pigmentation in the skin here in the United States. You know, um, I, I guess I'm going to be called anti-Semitic for calling, you know, white people counterparts, you know, the ones that are, that are not open-minded and have the ability to see that, you know, black people are people. We're not just a commodity or we're not just a, a trophy. We're not just a, you know, a piece of equipment that you can put out on a wood floor and dribble a ball or pass a leather skin or, you know, things of that nature. Um, I, I, I found it, you know, rewarding and saddened, you know, I felt kind of both ways because the, everybody knows the World Series has happened between the Phillies and Houston and neither team has a black person on it. And my first thought was, wow, we had nobody on those teams. That's the first time in like, I don't know, like 70 years. You know, that there hasn't been at least one black person, you know, on a World Series team. And then my other thought was, wow, we really are doing other things besides just sports. You know, because I tell everybody, if you're going to play a sport going to baseball, yeah, it's 180 plus games, uh, uh, but there's no salary cap. So if you're going to make the money, (laughs) you know, go there and make as much of it as possible, be the best at it. But I, I saw that and I was like, wow. We are really, you know, diversifying our portfolio, if you will, because neither team had a black person on it. Now they had people of color, you know, has people from South America and um a couple guys that were from Cuba on there. But um for the nobody on there was of African American descent, whether from Africa or from America. And I was surprised but ecstatic all at the same time because what I saw was is that there's some growth for us in the black community that's going beyond sports. So everybody know when it comes to sports, with the excusing of hockey, there's always a truck full of black people. Even in soccer, full of black people. So Byron Allen buying the Phoenix Suns provides hope. Robert Smith becoming a tech billionaire Starting a bank provides hope. Making it an investment firm. Oprah going from a talk show host with most of her audience being white for majority of her career to becoming a billionaire. Jay-Z becoming a billionaire in rap. I mean, Dr. Dre, P. Diddy, you know, when, when you think about them, they of course they always want us to shuck and jive, you know, to get to that point because that's what the music industry does, but that was almost unheard of to have that many people that close in one industry that was black, that were close to being billionaires and to have multiple streams of income. It wasn't just music, you know, hope is what I see. Kyrie Irving making his tweet, hope we will not be silenced. We will not be taken aback. We will not, you will not shut us up. We're going to speak our truth the way it needs to be spoken. I mean, we've been lied to so many times, you know, and I don't feel that, uh, um, um, 
you know, they told him, he said things to come back on the team. He's got to apologize and condemn the film that he promoted. He's got to make a half a million dollar donation to an anti-hate cause. Complete sensitivity training. Complete anti-Semitism training. Meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders. Meet with team owner Joe Sy to demonstrate an understanding of the situation. Just to come back and play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. Can I just come in real quick? Please do. I really, um, I'm not coming in with anything um, that can be <laughs> understood as hope, I'll be honest. Um, I, I really feel like uh, it's, it, it's kind of satanic, to be honest, when you take a person who did something like post a video, which I'm sure is already on social media. It had to be on social media. It had to be available in order to be posted on, on social media. So I'm not so sure how that means anything for him. But I think what it was, was he's being used as an example um, for the black community as, as as per usual. And there's no amount of money that any black person globally will ever make that will secure them from utter degradation, disrespect, the attempt at their personhood and or their lives, their family's lives. At no point will we ever be protected from that, no matter how much money, how many billions we have or what we own. That's just not the way it works. Money has never and will never Money's not the reason for the disrespect in the first place, and it's not going to be the cure. Secondly, Thank you. Thank you. Second. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter how much money black folks have. You still black. Don't to, get it twisted. Money is green and you're black. So stop. Also, even if you do own a sports team, somebody is above the sports teams that you own. You own... I don't know, a football team. Okay, but who owns the NFL? No single person owns the NFL, but it is a body of team owners. But there are agencies, industries that are above the NFL. If you follow the money line, the line of the dollar, it does not stop at companies or agencies or teams that we know here down on the ground floor. There are mm -hmm. names of organizations and bodies of people who, that don't have employees. Those, mm -hmm. those are pockets of money that belong to the families and just families and, and just groups of people, organizations. And they're organizations yeah, that are basically responsible for every single move made on 98% of this planet, which is why, funny enough, every damn thing is the same around the world. And we really need to figure that out. These damn dollars on this, on this floor that we walking on mean nothing. It's people out there, and I don't even know if they can be called people because they're so, like, evil. They literally own the world. They own land they've never set foot on. Because they drew up some paperwork mm -hmm. 
got in a helicopter, flew somewhere, saw some land, and was like, oh, that's mine, by the way, too. Go ahead and write it up. This We don't yep. live in a world that really operates on money. It is a world that literally operates on slavery. And in order to keep people enslaved, and not just physically enslaved, mentally enslaved, your body is a commodity. Your mind is the most, is the biggest commodity. And money is just a tool to get you to to be in line, to stay in line. Keep spinning the wheel. And the more, I'm sorry to say this for those who who are really not going to feel this, but the more billionaires that we have, I'm sorry, but the more shucking and jiving is going to happen. The more Mm. sambos we're going to have. The more people that we're going to have walking in line into these institutions and these organizations, and then you're going to have just more influential black people, these symbols that are going to draw in more black people. That's the best way to get as many black people as you can to fall in line with the order is to have the symbols in place. And you got your boys out here wearing size 62 shoes that are the symbols. It's all meaningless. All this crap that we do every day on the ground floor, it's meaningless because there's people who are in place that do all of the bidding and they want your mind and your body and not a damn thing else. They couldn't care about your money. They gave it to you. Sorry, that's it. <laughs> sorry, that's it. Sorry, not sorry, right? I mean, because... Oh, kind of, yeah. Sorry, yeah. not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But the the real issue is not them. It's really not them. It's really left up to us to change the narrative because we're going to see the same thing over and over and over, and it escalates. We think it gets better. But it really doesn't. And then we have a group, a contingency. We've got too many people who, who think we don't need to do anything because we've already made it. We've got tons of people who don't believe in the plight of Black America. We've got tons of Black folks who feel like they've already made it. What are we complaining about? So we've got a lot of issues. Kyrie is one. Kanye West is one. And in order to change what happens with us, we have to change what happens with us. We cannot continue to go in the same direction that we're going and think that it's going to change on its own. And when we talk about leadership, when we talk about people who have and what they're doing, we're not talking about people who don't know this. We're talking about people who understand that what speaks loudly to them, it ain't us, it's the dollar. So how is it that Oprah can do the things that she does for the number of years that she does? And we don't see any better. Oprah allows programs on her network that shouldn't be, that should not be. And I've written to those networks, I've written to those shows, to the producers, at least three times. They don't care. They don't care. So again, as I said a few moments ago, the constitutional right to freedom of speech only works for certain people. It doesn't work for us. And every single time they can knock us at our knees, drop us down, that's what they intend to do. Look at what they did to Kanye West. Look at what they did to Kyrie Irving. But look at what 
Patrice Cullors and her wife, Alicia Garza, have done to the black community. Look at that. And the fact that she says in her manifesto that their whole plight is with the other folks, not the black community. Not the black community. And she goes and buys houses all over Southern California, has a so-called meeting to the tune of $26,000 in Newport or Laguna. That wasn't a meeting. And the people who are part of the organization Black Lives Matter all over the country, they're suing her because of what they have found out about her and the organization. We're doing it to ourselves. The madness and the nonsense has got to stop the numbers of black folks that don't vote. The numbers of black folks that won't stand up. It's entirely too many. It's our entire community. It has got to stop. Again, I yield my time. <laughs> So, as you always know on this show, everybody has an incredible opinion. And my opinion is now it's time for us to really come together and do better. We spent a lot of years discussing what to do, discussing the issues. Now it's time for us to come together and take some action. What can you do in your community that'll affect another community to help build up another community? Again, you know, I don't preach that I want equality here in the United States. I want equity. I want the ability not only have my voice heard, but to have my voice be understood, accepted, and be just as part of the discussion as the ones who've been in power for a long time. There's about 700 families that run all the money between the United States and the rest of the world. 700. 1% is what they call them. That's because there's about 7 billion people on the planet. 700 families control the wealth. Whether it's green here in the United States, brown and pink over in the, with the yen, all the other colors that are in France and the UK and Australia, you know, here in the United States to say, you know, most important thing, you know, the money is green. Now, sometimes the money is not green from the other countries. And they try to use us as pawns just to push forward their agenda. So just food for thought. <clears throat> what can you do in your community? You got about a minute left. What can you do in your community to make the change you want to see? What can you do to be the change that you want to see? How can you be impactful? Yeah, it's great to, you know, come on the podcast, but like myself and my fellow co-hosts, see, we do things in our community to make that change, to bring that hope. We do things in our community to pay attention to nature. My daughter's got me hugging trees. I didn't understand it at first, but the love that you get from hugging a tree, 
I can't call myself a tree hugger, but I understand. And that's the problem. No communication to understand. So we will definitely continue having this conversation. I want to see how this unfolds with, with Kyrie. I want to see how this unfolds with us as black people in the United States. And then I want to hear what you have to say about the next steps into building the right culture. That is all about health and wealth being the future of its people. And who are those people? You listening to the sound of my voice. Thank you again for joining me on The Recipe with Coach Dre Blast on Intentional Talk Radio Network. You can catch us every Monday uh, with the exclusion of holidays and special special events. Every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on ITRNRadio.com. Be sure to tune in to all the other wonderful hosts on this station. There's a, uh, there's a Mindful Mondays that come on after my show here at 7 p.m. Central Time, I believe, 5 p.m. out on the uh, West Coast. And so tune in, keep tuning in, keep some more, keep supporting this Black-owned network and seeing us go to the next level. I thank you. I love you. Be kind to someone today, and I'll see you next week.